T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, hello, hello. I am Dan Day on this very beautiful Thursday. Hopefully it remains beautiful for you. We're going to keep it glowing in a few minutes with the Joe Rose Show, talking to former NBA player and all-around great athlete Brian Scalabrini. The Dan Levitard Show, going to look at one of Stugatz's better qualities than Hawk and Dono. The Sahara Dust Plume will be in full effect. But right now, let's do the headlines. Derek Jones Jr. has tested positive for COVID-19. No word on if he will play with the Heat at the NBA restart in Orlando July 31st. Senior Kane's offensive lineman Navon Donaldson will redshirt this season to focus on his mental and physical health. Both Ole Miss and Mississippi State coaches Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach are lobbying the state legislature to remove the Confederate symbol from the state's flag. Vince Carter has announced his retirement. The eight-time All-Star forward played in the NBA for 22 seasons. A Marlins player recently used the Jupiter facility and has now tested positive for coronavirus. The 60-game MLB season begins July 23rd. Pool play has been revealed for the MLS is Back tournament. Inter-Miami CF will play Orlando City SC July 8th at 8 p.m. The Chicago Fire July 14th at 9 a.m. Then the Philadelphia Union July 19th at 10.30 p.m. And as we always do around this time of the day, let's go into the day spa. <sighs> a Wisconsin man recently received a postcard from his parents since some 16 years ago. The message on the postcard, you're out of the family. Hmm, that would explain the last 16 Thanksgivings and Christmases. A quartet of classically trained musicians recently played to a packed opera house. The audience? Potted plants. Man, this quarantine has gotten out of hand. A Jacksonville man recently found a woman's class ring she lost some 22 years ago on the beach. If I know Florida, man, he pawned it. While skinny dipping in Cambodia, a leech climbed up the man's penis and drank a pint of his blood from his internal organs. Okay, no more skinny dipping for me. After posting a picture of her signature pasta and gravy online, an Italian woman is facing backlash because it looks like diarrhea. Mmm, poo-poo pasta. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, cloudy with temperatures in the mid-80s. Get up in the morning. It's all about the Joe Rose Show. Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood. Earlier today, they connected with Brian Scalabrini. 
NBA, not great, but NBA player for a while. And then he had the Scalabrini Challenge where people who thought he was unathletic challenged him to athletic events and he just whooped them. So he's a great athlete. He's also a great talker. He talks about the Heat's restart. Also, who's going to be the beast in the East? Agents getting involved in sports and any players throwing in the towel. You guys pumped up about the NBA coming back? I mean, where do you guys stand with this? We are. Are you kidding? Cannot we want wait. this thing. We, we think our team's pretty good, quietly, like nobody's talking about them. When we know Bo's got them running, like right now, privately, trainers are out. They're running in the heat right now. They're going to be in great shape. We, we, you know, we don't know what to expect from all the young guys. No, it's going to be, on a serious note, it's going to be really fun to see who can get their mojo back after three or four months, right? You know what's the best part about the Heat is they're a no-excuse type of team. You don't see them you know, saying, hey, I don't know if I want to go down there. All they have is like that work-like mentality. And I think you know, typically in an NBA environment where it's a normal playoff, I don't think they have enough horses to win it all. But in this environment, what if everyone dropped off 10% in the NBA and somehow the Miami Heat players, because I know how, how obsessive they are about their work and about the trainers and the Zoom and all that stuff. What if they elevate, you know, 5 7%? So it's a really interesting team when I look at uh, their culture. And I think during this time, the culture of your team and how your team is approaching and the idea of taking advantage of winning a championship in this crazy environment. The Heat are up there on my list on teams that people are going to be really surprised about. Who's got the best in the East? Nobody's really talked about this, and I know records are records, so we know Milwaukee's got the best record in basketball. Who do you think's got the best one through eight talent in the East? Like just, just probably go with Boston. Okay. You know, if you think about the ascension of uh, Jason right. Tatum, Jalen Brown can can, can bring it any time. You have Kevin Walker, who's been a first team All NBA just last year. So I, I really, I think Boston's probably the deepest team, but they just don't have the bigs. That's that's where when you think about like a Miami Heat team, they have Bam Adebayo, he can guard multiple positions. I think it's important in the playoffs that you have size, you have, uh, offensive versatility. Daniel Tice is fine, Cantor's fine. But they're not elite like uh, like the big to go, to go against the Joel Embiid or to go against. You know, I mean, I think Bam Adebayo or even Giannis or those type of guys are, are really difficult to guard in the playoff. Their size and athleticism really takes over. Cal, I know that obviously you're not right now part of this twenty, you know, a player on one of these twenty-two teams that are getting ready for this. But if you were and guys were not going to play, uh, you know, Trevor Ariza is the is the family stuff. Bradley, his son, has respiratory problems. But there are a guy or two here and there that aren't going to play. Do you think those players are going to be looked at a little bit differently by their teammates? Maybe not this week, but going forward when it comes to not playing in this 22-team tournament right now? I don't think so. I think NBA players in general, except the fact that people have different situations, like the Trevor Ariza thing, you know, like he only gets one month with his son and that's, that was supposed to be in the summertime. I get that. Avery Bradley is worried. Everyone has the right to be worried about their own situation. So I, I don't think NBA players would be down. Like, I don't think LeBron is sitting there thinking, man, I can't believe Avery Bradley's backing out of this. I know for me, like I'm not a star, a superstar. So for me, it's about, hey, if other guys don't want to play, I just got to make sure I'm ready. I would not hesitate a a second to go down there. I would just do whatever I had to do to make it happen because I look the way I look at it. And this, listen, this is my perspective from being like a fringe NBA player for so long. My, I always look at it like I'm never going to pass up an opportunity to be out there and, and, and get a chance. 
in the NBA, you can have two good quarters in the playoffs, and that can lead to more contracts moving forward. So, like, I'm not the typical guy to ask because I look at it like, man, if I'm out there, it's a bonus for me. So, um, but a guy like I, I understand where other people are coming from. You know, the Davis Bertans one is a little interesting because he's doing it for contract reasons. Like, right now, he's set to sign a huge contract, which I don't know how big it's going to be because of the new collective bargaining. I, I'm sorry, because of the, the cap and all this money lost. I don't know how much faith people are going to have if he did have space are they going to their uh, I think that that was a little bit tricky, right? He's not going to go down there because of the contract situation. I think if I was uh, if I was Brad Beal and I'm looking at him like, do I really want this guy back on my team? He's clearly in it for himself and he's not about the team. So, listen, for me, I wouldn't care. But if I'm a star and a guy's like, why, why go play these eight games? It's really going to affect me and my money next year. I don't know if I'd look at that the same way. Davis Bertan, do not – he ain't coming back. My second leading scorer doesn't want to play with this thing and where all the rest of her playing, his ass can find a new team. Go, go, go get all the money you want. Yeah, and I know that's changed a little bit, and now players say, hey, you got to look out for number one and all that, but isn't there still part of it that you're a team, right, till the end, no matter what you make, or, or, or am I missing something? That's old school. I think that's old school. Now, I agree with you 100%. There are sacrifices you have to make for the team. I'm just not sure in the, our environment right now it's the same way. Like, have you ever yeah. talked to agents? They're always, like, looking out for their, their – their client, they don't root for their clients to win. They usually root for their clients to succeed. You know, just have individual success at the expense of when a when a guy doesn't pass the ball to their client, they look at it like, oh man, I can't believe this guy's icing out my my guy. How how's he supposed to make the money? This, they, these two aren't going to get along. You got to go to a place where you can. So it's just, I think it's a different environment now. Back in the day, you'd be like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is a team that pays me, and and you kind of coaches have to have to blend that of like, listen, everyone has to make sacrifices for one another, and that's how we win. I'm not sure the environment's the same now. I think it's more about, let's placate all the players, and let's see if we can make sure we, we hold guys in free agency. Well, I was just going to say, you know what's weird about okay. sports, Brian, right now, for, for all of them, is that agents have become so involved. And I know and I, and I I know the money is a lot different than it used to be, but the fact if a guy's not happy or a guy's not going to play and the agent calls the general manager who tells the head coach, man, I, I just have a real problem with, with the new world of sports from that avenue. I don't know about you. I see it in football. Guys get a, get the green light to play. The doctors say they're fine, and they go, nah, not feeling, going to wait another week. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Different, man. Different. That's well, all. Well, let me ask you this though. Like, um, why always like when people say that, and I'm and I'm not I'm not far off from where you're coming from, right? I always look at it like if you were the agent, what if you were the parent, right? Let's say you had a son who was in and he was could be, could be, not he is, but he could be affecting himself financially. Would you tell him to sit out or would you tell him to sacrifice for the team? So I always just like dive it into yeah. if you had like a, a, a personal interest in the individual player and that's what and that's how agents think. So they they're thinking I have a personal interest in this player. They don't want to get fired, so they want to do the best thing for the player. But I'd always ask people, if that was your son, would you do the same thing? Or or daughter, whatever. If would you do yeah. the same thing? I and I listen, some some players like I, I here's a great this is why fascinated with the last dance with Jordan. Because you know he is 
so different than what we have right now in the NBA. When you when you watch him, the whole remember he broke his foot and he wants to come out and he just wants to be out there. That would never happen. Never now. Like guys are are like sitting out for years. There's, there's all kinds of players that are healthy right now that they could play. They were they were planning on playing the Olympics, but they're not going to play in this. You know, like just John Wall has been dunking and doing all that since December. Like why not just go out there and play? And I, I think there's a difference between protecting your investment, your money, which John Wall makes. It's going to make $210 million over the course of his contract, regardless if he plays or doesn't play. But there's just other guys that are, like, looking for a reason to sit. And I think the reason is to prolong their careers. Like, you see old guys now, they can barely walk. And they had to play 11 years, 12 years because their bodies just broke down. But they pushed themselves past what they were capable of doing, and their bodies would break, and they would cost careers. Now, you could be 12 years in, 13 years in, and make $20 million. So everyone's kind of looking at that, which That's true. I hear you. I hear you. I don't like I don't like that aspect. I just want to see everyone go to war out there and, and lay it on the line. But there is a self-interest involved when you talked about the money and how, what it is right yeah. now. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal. Scal, i got to ask you this. I'm fast-forwarding all the way to the Western Conference Finals already. It's the Lakers and the Clippers. There's three minutes left in the game. Anthony Davis just fouled out, and now I'm watching LeBron walk onto the court with Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. This is like, this is out of like one of those movies, these crazy movies. I can't, you know, like with, with Avery Bradley now out and Anthony Davis' second guy, there's a chance we might see something like that in the Game 6 or Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Is that scary for LeBron when he looks around and sees those players as his teammates? When you look at those guys individually, yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. But the one thing, LeBron's greatness is extracting the best out of Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, uh, Dwight Howard. That, and that's what makes him such a great player. It is He is a great player on his own as an individual. But his ability to, to get the most out of other people. And when I watch LeBron play, the amount of times that he makes decisions for the other four guys and he takes it takes it so it's so simple for them. For Deion Waiters, just move and catch and shoot. For J.R. Smith, you could be the best version of yourself by just getting to the right spot. If you run to the side pick and roll with Dwight Howard and you make a mistake, he could throw it up where only Dwight Howard can get it. So in one sense, yeah, if those guys are on their own team and it wasn't a LeBron there, it's a totally different story. LeBron just makes everyone around him so good. And those are the type of players that fit with him. So in one sense, I don't. He, it wouldn't shock me if he beat the Clippers in the last three minutes with those guys on the floor. So it, I, I, I don't. I don't have them going to the finals. I have the Clippers going to the finals. But every time I, I seem to write him off, he comes over the top. I was down there for that Miami game. Remember Game Five, and it was like, what is he doing out here in the second half? Goes back into Boston Garden, 45, 13, and nine. Then Game Seven, you know, I thought he was down and out in the San Antonio series. Boom, comes back in Game 7. So I, I thought he was uh, down and out in uh, Boston a couple of years ago when Jason Tatum rose up and dunked on him. He just proceeded to make the next nine plays in a row to get every single player on their team a wide-open shot, including Jeff Green and Tristan Thompson and all this. So writing him off with personnel around him is probably like the last. I will not do that anymore. You know, I'm really curious, Brian, too. Nobody's really talked about. It's kind of boring to talk about. Are we going to have guys that just got really out of shape over the last three months It just – kind of doing the towel yeah. or like, are, are we going to have that a little bit? You expect to see some of that or you think everybody got serious about this? 
Uh, it's so much time between when they're allowed to start working out with their team and the first game. It's six weeks. NBA players, they're not like you and me trying to get back in shape, right? Like, once we lose it, it's like, it takes like a year to get back, right? No. Like, they can, they can do nothing. And when they get it back, it takes like a couple weeks just to get back and then they'll start elevating. The one thing I wonder is going to be those last eight games. What are people playing for? Home court, uh, home court advantage means nothing. So you're kind of playing for matchups. So I just think that guys are going to sit out. Like, if you've got right now a marquee matchup of, of the Lakers versus the Bucks. Let's just say that's game one of the quarantine or, or the, the bubble game. Giannis will play five minutes, LeBron will play eight, and then that'll be it. So right. the, the thing that we really have to watch is Memphis versus New Orleans versus Portland versus San Antonio. All those bottom teams in the West fighting for something. Those are going to be fun games to watch. The rest of the team, they're just, I mean, they're preseason games, and who watches those? Well, Zion. We all got that Zion crust. No, that that right. doesn't leave. Uh, no matter when he's playing, he'll be good for business. That will be a fun one to to see what he looks like. And and, and by the way, there's a guy you don't want away from the gym too much because my man looks like he likes to eat a little bit. Just between <laughs> us, Brian, like 300. 300's always looking at my man a little bit. You know what I mean? Hey, I don't know how many people in your life. So we used to call them whack bodies back in the day. It's like like these guys. It doesn't matter. He's he's a freak of nature, and we couldn't both admit that, right? So what does it matter that he carries like 30 extra pounds on him? It, I don't think it does. There's just some guys that can just operate with a heavy weight. Now, yeah, once true. you get injured, it's hard to come back from that. But like Zion, uh, all the rumor is, I, I've seen him live in, 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 in person. He's like nothing I've ever seen before. He moves like no one I've ever seen before at his size and his weight. I'm, I'm not just going to talk it up. Like, ultimately, I think he probably needs to lose 20 pounds, but that's probably when he's 25, 26, 27. He's a fun guy to watch. And another guy that's fun to watch in the NBA, John Moran. You're, right. I mean, he's just like old, he's, he's an old school point guard with a dynamic personality now. He's He can score and he can make flashy plays, but he also simple plays and hits everybody and gets them wide open. So if you like that old school point guard, he's kind of a blend of that. He got a little confidence to him, too. He got a little private cockiness to him that I really like. He can talk a little trash to you. Like, hey, I'm here to stay, fellas. I know I'm not where you are yet, but I will be real soon. Great having you. Always appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much, brother. Anytime. Thank you. Brian Scalabrini standing up for my guy, Zion Williamson. Ooh, the NBA restart going to be fun. Going to watch all the Pelicans games, watch all the Heat games, then watch the Pelicans and the Heat in the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, let that one sink in. Speaking of standing up for your guy, this is Dan Levitard on Stugatz. Stugatz doesn't let this seat next to me stay open because he's terrified I'm going to get wandering eyes. He's never late. He's never late. Stugatz is never late. He always shows up and on time is ready to do the show. Don't be late. In five minutes, you'll hear the rest of that here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am a Dan Day, and on this day in 1963, the guy who I think has the quintessential 80s sound, George Michael, was born. Gotta have faith! I remember growing up, 
me and my friend were sitting in his carport. He said, man, when I grow up, I want to be just like George Michael. At the time, we did not know what just like George Michael meant. Nonetheless, I did not grow up just like George Michael. Although I'm a little bit crazy sometimes. Speaking of craziness, Dan Levitard Show. They always bring it to you weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 to Joe. Earlier today, Dan, he says, say what you want about Stugatz, but he's never late. Plus, they get a handle on NASCAR. The person who's not making his way into the arena right now is Stugatz. He got a call on the way in. He was told that someone in his circle has tested positive, so he is headed home. A lot of people are testing positive. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. has tested positive. Aaron Donald has tested positive. Four Sacramento Kings have tested positive. Malcolm Brogdon has tested positive. And so Mike Ryan is just convinced at this point that uh, we all have it. The thing that is unique here, though, is for all of Stugatz's general malfeasance, for all of his laziness, for all of his cutting of corners, Stugatz doesn't let this seat next to me stay open because he's terrified I'm going to get wandering eyes. He's never late. He's never late. Stugatz is never late. He always shows up and on time is ready to do the show. What's on time to you? He takes my vacation. He takes the vacation the same time I do. He just does not want anyone getting in that seat and sitting in that seat and being able to use that microphone so that anyone notices anything. Like, he just doesn't. He will not let this seat be empty. Right now, he is rushing home, listening to my voice, driving a 1,000 miles an hour, telling Abby or Finney to turn the Comrex on because he is speeding home. He doesn't want anybody to climb into his position or take over his spot. I don't think he would dispute that. Otherwise, how would you explain the fact, for all of his laziness, he's always in that seat? Money. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be on time. There are any number of things he yeah, gets paid on, for. Yeah, but on time to you is just making it here in time for the microphones to go on. But that's all he cares about. He's not. No, I'm not. Look, man. He always. Look. Well, it's just you're painting him as a true professional. No, we should my, dial it back now, some. All right, fine. Fair enough. I'm not painting him as a true professional. I'm painting him as a scared person who doesn't want his seat taken by anybody. The thing that I believe By is, doing the bare minimum? Yes, the very bare minimum, but always on time. And this is what I believe. I believe that he's smoking heaters in the parking lot a half hour before the show starts, but only walks in here two minutes beforehand because he doesn't want anyone to ask him to do anything. So I believe he's here. I don't believe he's so lucky that he times traffic so perfectly that every day he arrives here two minutes before we start. I don't believe he's that good at measuring the vagaries and the inconsistencies of traffic. No, you're absolutely right. I smell him every morning. I think that he just goes nearby and starts smoking cigarettes until it's time to come in. But it is a marvel to behold that someone who is otherwise that inconsistent about putting forth effort is like a metronome in terms of arriving here to do the job for the appointed hour. The thing that I wanted to play for you, if you did not hear it, uh, Bomani Jones went on with Will Kane. Uh, this was an unfortunate way for Will Kane to end his tenure at ESPN, uh, where Will Kane made his uh, last appearance on first take uh, yesterday. And then on his own show, I guess Bomani called in to ask him a question. Like Bomani said, he wasn't looking for a fight. He was just looking to ask him a question. And what ensued is worth listening to. Let's hear the first clip of Bomani Jones and Will Kane going back and forth on this NASCAR thing. 
NASCAR decided that they were going to make these changes, and you had fans who were deciding, no, this is our space to do this, and they ride around the track before the race, and they fly the banner overhead. Like, that is an overt act of racism, and we should applaud NASCAR for the fact that they, for the first time ever, are standing up to those people. Instead, you're going to say that NASCAR failed by investigating what they believe to be a noose in the garage of the black driver? Come on, man. I'm not saying NASCAR failed because they investigated. I'm saying NASCAR failed because they gave an affirmative statement before the investigation. Okay, and the news so, cycle okay, was so, uh, this, this, hold this on, hold on, Bo. I'm, I'm just saying this to you right now. If somebody were to hang a noose around my desk or something that looked like a noose near my desk, and you saw it at the office, and you came up to me and were like, well, hold hey, on. I don't think let's, you I'm said it was very you. plausible. You, you brought up. We're like, well, let's hold you, on. Let's get to the bottom of it. Whoo, baby, me and you going to have a problem. And if you got a problem with that, no. then I think that you're being unfair to people for that thing is quacking. That thing is flapping. That thing is walking. Let's hold but on. But it wasn't. See if, it's, if it's a duck. It just so happened <laughs> but, this time it wasn't a duck. Bo, I, I totally disagree with you about your probabilities you describe as well. The probabilities that a garage door pull tied into a certain knot was a noose versus a looking around with video evidence. NASCAR could have taken its time and gotten this right. And by the way, it wouldn't have taken much time. Video evidence, a quick survey of the landscape, realizing that there are pictures all over the place of showing this thing goes back to October. I don't think NASCAR's assumptions and probabilities were fair at all. With the evidence that they had before them and what that appeared to be, I don't think that there was really anything wrong with the affirmative statement they put out, because here's the thing. If they don't put out an affirmative statement, what it fairly looks like in that case is that they are trying to downplay this. No, what they saw needed to be treated, I think, with the level of urgency that they pursued it with. No individual has paid any price for this. The only people who seem to be mad about this are people who think that there's something insulting about the idea that maybe, just maybe, after all the history in this country, maybe, just maybe, somebody White did something really ridiculously racist, as though that's some sort of anomalous activity. It's not. And white folks got to live with the fact that you're asking for a benefit of the doubt that is not supported by the historical record. So Mike Ryan just said to me, uh, Will Kane and Bomani handled this so much better than we did yesterday. Uh, there was a great deal of circumstantial evidence around NASCAR that made people jump to a conclusion. And that circumstantial evidence is NASCAR's history! The entire history of the sport is the circumstantial evidence why people jump to a conclusion. And the country, and specifically <laughs> Alabama. I mean, it's <laughs> a whole lot of events sort of conspired to make it so that perhaps NASCAR, in trying to uh, overcorrect its racist past, uh, probably went too fast uh, in terms of announcing we have to figure this out. But I appreciate the transparency. And everything that happened afterward, I understand why people would object to what it is that happened afterward. Uh, the thing that I would say to you about this particular topic is I want you to imagine racism as a miles and miles and miles and miles long forest. This story, true or not, hate crime or not, this story is a little bit of glitter on one of the branches of one of the trees. And the sports media feasted on it. I can't dispute that. The country feasted on it and made NASCAR the primary sports topic in a way that hasn't happened in more than a decade, I don't feel like. And the reason is because those details are so obvious and so overt that anyone can point to them and say, that's wrong, it shouldn't be. 
I don't understand and I will never understand the number of people taking a victory lap because it was proven to not be so as if that proves anything other than that particular glitter on that particular branch of that particular tree in that once instance might make you feel better about the fact that it's not quite as racist as you thought it was. But keep looking at the forest. There's a whole lot of trees out there. We've got more sound to play for you uh, from this. How are we handling Stugatz's portion of this as he drives home because uh, he can't come in today? We can't have him in here as we are all wearing asbestos suits and getting our temperature checked uh, next door. Good to hear Stugatz freaking out. Seems like Dan needs Stugatz a little bit to reel him in. He's kind of losing it a little bit right there. Speaking of losing it, Hawk, Crowder, Dono, they lost it a long time ago. Oh, that's the first time I heard the wind sounds. Yeah. This is good. really good. It's very the little good. echo, the little echo yeah. on yeah. dust plume. Yeah. yeah. Sahara dust plume tracking next on the best of the Joe show. This is the best of the Joe show running back. Some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan day on Twitter at Dan day radio. Got some Kenny hoopla. How will I rest in peace? If I'm buried by a highway. It's one of my new jams right there. Good to hear that traffic after I get done with this show. At around 7.30-ish, i got to head up to Dania Beach, right there on Dixie Highway. Historic Dockers, I host Trivia Night every Thursday. So if you're looking for something fun to do tonight and social distance safe, gotcha. Trivia Night, Thursday nights, 7.30. Historic Dockers, Dania Beach. If you can't make it this week, make it next week. I'd love to see your face in the place from six feet away, of course. Hmm, I'm still enjoying that Kenny Hoopla. How will I rest in peace if I'm buried next to a highway? Brit Rock. Okay. Hawk and Crowder. They're not doing their thing. Hawk is doing his thing. He's going to a drive-in movie tonight. Taking it back old school. Crowder, the oldest of old school, taking care of his newborn baby. Yeah, that goes way back. So Dono filling in. Hawk and Dono earlier today. Tracking the Sahara Dust Plume. Very important. Plus, they take a little look into the NFL preseason. Meh. Dono, you uh, fill in sporadically for Crowder. We've had Julie Durda from Local 10 on the show several times to kind of help Solana through his weather updates. Uh, It's probably the weakest part of Solana's uh, update game. Well, he sets the bar pretty low on a lot of things. Well, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) And he really hammers it home on the weather updates. So uh, Julie Durda is going to join us today only because Solana has made such a big deal about the Saharan dust plume. That is uh, headed our way. Maybe that's why I'm so sneezy today. Is that possible, Solana? I was uh, telling Dono before the show, I've got like a a head cold all of a sudden. Is it possible that I am uh, affected by the Saharan dust plume? It is very possible. I mean, I told you all week that there will be some good and there will be some bad. This could fall under the bad category. I'm not even kidding. Do you think I'm (laughs) sneezy and stuffed up because of the Saharan dust plume? Is it here? I do. 
actually, Hawk, one of the few takeaways that I got from Solana's awful Saharan dust updates all week <laughs> was that it could aggravate allergies. Like that, that honestly, that's one of the few pieces of relevant info I have retained from his nonsense updates. Are I think the Saharan dust might be maybe you have an allergy to Saharan dust you didn't even know about until today. Right, because I don't have allergies per se. Like I don't suffer from allergies, and so maybe it's specifically to the Saharan dust. It might be. Uh, is this possible, Solana, or should I wait till Julie Durda comes on today? I mean, we should probably wait for Julie Durda. She is right. the expert. But I'm I'm gonna go out on a whim and say it's possible. I think there might. You be actually a, go out. You actually go out on a limb, not on a whim. On a whim, and uh... <laughs> you might do something on a whim. Like you may just go, oh, you know what? I'm driving to Atlanta tonight, and that would be doing something on a whim. But if you're gonna go out on something, you're gonna go out on a limb. No, I go out on a whim. That is a terrific oh start God. to your uh, your addition to the show. So I'm sorry. Yes, you were going out on a whim. What about? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a whim and say there could be a correlation between you being stuffed up and the impending Saharan dust plume. Well, if it's impending, then I don't think that's the cause of my stuffiness. Because so it's not here yet. Right. Well, that's my. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So is it not here yet? It's it, it could be here depending on where you live. It could also not be here depending on where you live. <laughs> Unincorporated I, Miami Dade. Has it arrived in I Kendall yet? Bang my head against a wall. Do you know you do the weather? Is it here or not? It is. It is here. So why did you just say impending? Because I can't confirm that it's in Boca. I, I can't. I can't do that. I won't uh. do that. Uh but I'm gonna go out on a whim and say that it is in Miami Dade. <laughs> I forgot to look for the sunset last night. Like, did either of you pay attention? Because this plume is supposed to create breathtaking sunsets. I totally forgot to go out and look yesterday. Well, it, so. it's apparently not even here yet. Like, oh. he doesn't even know if it's in Boca. So, well, he doesn't know if it's in it Boca. Like, like, it might be in Kendall, but not yet in Boca. But you think it got to Kendall last night and just hung out for the sunset? And is, I mean, it, if, it's taking moving, a... if it's moving from south to north, then it, it could be possible that it's in Kendall, but not in Boca yet. But from last night, how how slow could it be moving where it would be in Kendall last night and still not be in Boca by two in the afternoon? Well, my my dust expert is Solana, so how would I know how slow it's moving? Is like, the it could dust be plume walking with a walker? <laughs> Does it have tennis balls on the bottom of it? I mean, you'd think if it got all the way here from the Sahara, like I'm just, you know, I'm extrapolating out. So it came from the Sahara. So unless it started coming here around 1943, <laughs> It would be, it would have to be moving faster if it was already in Kendall. Like, there's no possibility. I mean, have, have you have you ever driven from Kendall to Boca? Like, that's a big trek. Like, it's got to be like fifty some miles. I, I could totally understand if the plume is in Kendall but not Boca. People genuinely enjoying the beginning to your uh, your additions to the show, Solana. Just looking at the text machine here. Uh, someone suggesting maybe the Saharan dust plume uh, dust plume stopped in Kendall for lunch. <laughs> Is that possible? It's going to Chicken Kitchen, right? And then it'll start working its way up to Boca after a uh, chop chop. Probably stopped at uh, Sergio's for some croquetas, <laughs> and then you know took a leisurely lunch, and then started moving north. I was right. uh, I was going to hold off on this until later, but since we've uh, essentially taken a deep dive into the dust plume, might as well unleash this bad boy. Tracking. Tracking. <laughs> Saharan Dust Blue. <laughs> <laughs>
That sounds like the Whopper from War Games. It was like, bing, 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 bing. Uh, I'd like to hear that again. You sound I will tell you that now, right though. now. That sounds, I mean, you're talking about really timely. Tracking. Tracking. <laughs> That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. Tracking. Now I know why you stayed late last night. So it all <laughs> he makes sense. like 11 working on that. <laughs> Dan Day's like, I really have to go. No, no, no. It's not trekking. It's tracking. You have one more time. Anywho, Tom D'Angelo from the Palm Beach Post. He wrote something uh, that is interesting. I'm sure it's going to create some backlash for him from people that don't want to hear it. But he wrote a column in the Palm Beach Post today titled, Florida's poor response to coronavirus has baseball teams staying away for spring training restart. And then Dave Hyde wrote something in the Sun Sentinel today is essentially the same thing. Like, what are we doing here in Florida and sports specifically? Things seem to be getting worse. Like, are we fooling ourselves that sports are actually going to be able to take place? So a couple things, uh, you know, in the vein of thought when it comes to what Tom D'Angelo wrote, what Dave Hyde wrote. The NFL canceled the Hall of Fame game. It's a meaningless game. I say it every year when it rolls around. I get super excited that pro football is back. And then I watch one series and then I'm right back to House Hunters because I don't know anybody that's playing. It has no stakes attached to it. It's it's the beginning of football season, but it doesn't mean anything. But I will tell you that the NFL has gone out of its way to do things as scheduled and try to keep things as normal as possible. Uh, The calendar has benefited them as a sports league. Uh, So this is a little bit of a worrisome sign for me that they're canceling it already. But I totally understand. But then on the other side, I saw in USA Today uh, this morning, the Kentucky Derby is going to have fans in the stands Ooh, under very strict guidelines. Wow. But yeah, they're going to have fans. So I was just looking at So the Kentucky Derby, according to Churchill Downs, the safety measures include venue capacity reductions to limit overall crowd density, including general admission, outdoor reserve seating, premium dining, and suites. General admission tickets will be limited to a specific number and only grant access to the infield. No general admission will be allowed in the front side or paddock areas of the facility. Guests will consistently and frequently be encouraged to wear cloth or protective mask that fully covers their mouth and nose at all times. Guests are asked not to attend if they're not feeling well, obviously. The mask guideline applies when riding on a shuttle or traveling through Churchill Downs, going through going to a restroom, placing a wager. Guests will be asked to wash their hands for 20 seconds or sanitize sanitize them frequently. Guests will be encouraged to socially distance. Access to the facility will be severely limited. Credentials for employees, media, and guests will be reduced. You know, it goes on and on and on. So there are going to be some fans for the Kentucky Derby at uh, Churchill Downs. And I guess that'll be when? September 3rd? Is that when it is? September 5th. I'm sorry, September 5th. You know, you got the NFL canceling a Hall of Fame game, but then you've got the Kentucky Derby saying we're going to allow fans, limited basis, but fans in the stands. So it'll be interesting to to see how things actually do shake out uh, as we move closer to the return of sports. We're going to run up against a break here. Let's get headlines here with Alejandro Solana because I'm guessing during the weather I'm going to get to hear that delightful tracking <laughs> one more time, and I really can't get to that fast enough. I know you guys uh, touched on this, but uh, Miami Heat forward Derek Jones Jr., 
he has tested positive for. I don't think we touched on it. Oh, it might we have been touched before. on it before we got on the air. <laughs> yeah, you got confused. I I, like I, I said something I before we went live. This is what happens. See, when I'm with Crowder, Crowder knows this. You're not with us enough. When Solana does one decent thing, which is the tracking open, obviously, he just, he's like, all right, I killed it today. And then the rest of the day is just like, eh, yeah, I'm out on a whim. You know, it's like there's nothing, because in his mind, he already killed it today. He made a sound effect. And so now he's just here for the applause. It's like he can't even keep track of what we talked about before we even went on the air versus what we've said in the last right. 10 minutes. I mean, oh that's not the hardest thing. Like, to say that we touched on this and we hadn't, that's bad producing. We did touch on it, just nobody could hear it. <laughs> right, yeah. The three of us touched on this. I mean, I'm checked out, I won't lie. I won't lie. Yeah, we know. I've seen this a million times. Crowder's seen this a million times. This is new for Dono. He peaked at 2.04 p.m. and he's just checked yep. out the rest of yep. the day. That's what happened. When I, I go, oh, trekking. That's funny. That's excellent work. And he's like, okay, done. He clocked <laughs> out. He punched out. Let's just get to it again right now really quickly. <laughs> trekking. The Saharan Dust Blue. <laughs> oh, that's the first time I heard the wind sounds. Yeah. This is good. really good. Very really little good. echo. The little echo yeah. on d -d 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 yeah. dust plume. Yeah. yeah. I wish it just ended at tracking. <laughs> hey, we can make that happen. Solana and I spent a lot of time on that. Tracking. The Saharan dust plume. Ah. Gotta keep it tracked. You got to keep it tracked. Old Jay Cutler, he didn't track Kristen Calavari too much. He's not tracking her anymore now because they are divorced or getting a divorce. But uh-uh, Jay Cutler ain't shutting down the game. He recently released his first Instagram story. Okay, here's the deal. First story, it's a big one. We've got a uh, chicken serial killer on the loose. We've lost quite a few. Tonight, we're gonna set up a trail camera. See if it's a coyote, bobcat, I don't know, raccoon. Could be anything, not sure. But enough's enough. These ladies are a little edgy right now, so we've gotta figure this out. There is one, uh, one other possibility. Could be an inside job. Thelma over there, while she looks nice and sweet. Is a savage with loose morals. Thelma, hey cat, kitty cat. I hope you show. I hope you don't show up on camera tonight. Maybe it's Kristen Calavari, Jay. Maybe it's Kristen Calavari. If it is, send her my way. I'll uh, put her in her place. If you know what I mean. Jay Cutler would kill me if you heard me saying that. So. Just going to leave it at that. Speaking of that, that is that. Pretty much done for today. This is what you can do. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio, anytime, anywhere. I will try to respond or try to repost or retweet or like or do whatever to your tweet. Download the podcast wherever you get the podcast for absolutely free. Radio.com app. Or you can go to our website, WQAM.com. Tomorrow... It is Friday. Celebrate.
celebrate good times. Come on. So we're going to have the Huckman highlights, Crowder crowd pleasers. Plus, we're going to be hearing from the great shows over the past 24 hours right here on 560 The Joe. I am Dan Day. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, I'm running out to Dania Beach hosting trivia at Historic Dockers. And I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat some Minas sandwiches, drink some water. Maybe, I don't know, what else I have? Half old, eaten, bag of popcorn, and live life. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.